0: Okay, hi. Hello. <laughs> I just don't even know where to begin with this because it was so bafflingly not what I expected. Yeah, so I think, okay,
1: our very first episode ever was about Greek life. Mm-hmm. And we discussed in that episode the crazy produced, overwhelmingly white, and kind of scary, mm-hmm. <laughs> culty <laughs> videos that were coming out of Alabama University during Rush. Blonde, white, and skinny videos. (laughs) And then like a few weeks ago, Audra texts me and she's like, this documentary called Bama Rush is coming out. We need to watch it together. Mm -hmm. So we did yesterday. And boy, was that one confused documentary. So confused. I don't know what the thesis was. I don't know Mm -hmm. what Miss Rachel documentarian allegedly was trying to do. (laughs) The alleged director.
0: (laughs) No. And that's what's so weird too because and we'll get into this but if you don't know about Greek life or maybe you're based outside the US or you haven't been in a sorority like I have I mean I'm not an alumna of any university quite like Alabama but you might not realize quite how rich of a text this is right mm-hmm. like as Ellie said it is very very white especially at Alabama like I said it's super skinny super blonde it's just so laden with gender role stuff and drinking and coercion. And as you said, culty vibes, like there's so much going on and so much could have been done with this hashtag Bama rush documentary, especially because it had been so viral on TikTok in 2021. Mm. And in a way, unlike a lot of other media right now with the proliferation of streaming services, It really captured a huge swath of the American public's attention. And it was such a letdown. Like, I just can't (laughs) believe how little was talked about. Like, I don't understand. You, Ellie, in our first episode ever, which go back and listen if you haven't already, you covered off on what is it like globally? Where did these start? Like, what's the history of it? What's the danger? What's the benefits? Like, you really gave it all to us. And why didn't HBO pay you to be the director I mean that's my question <laughs> well
1: <laughs> Girl can dream.
0: Um, it, it's it
1: really our I think our main frustration with the documentary like Audra saying there's so much to unpack and there's so much mm-hmm. juicy stuff going on And they would include little tidbits Mm -hmm. where they would interview journalists or academics that would talk a little bit about the origins of co-ed universities and sororities coming on the scene and what did it look like at the beginning and how they were much more, I wouldn't go as far as to say subversive, but Mm -hmm. that they stood for something a little bit more akin to what is now thrown around as a sisterhood, but... Mm -hmm. That these groups of women were new to academic settings mm-hmm. in higher education and created these groups to have solidarity and, and community. And now they're just like these terrifying factories <laughs> of these clones.
0: <laughs> no, literally. like Literally. It's
1: so distressing. And I think it was almost more frustrating that the
0: director included a couple things yeah. that I would have liked to hear more about just just enough to make a tantalizing trailer yes. but not enough to give you any answers
1: exactly like I almost wish it had just been completely boring right. rather than right. starting a thread and then not taking it to its full potential right. because one thing that I didn't know about even doing research for our episode or if I did I completely forgot about them these consultants oh my god that these girls in high school will hire. Oh my God. Yeah. Before they even get to college to, I think some of them were all, were like sophomores in college and didn't get into their, they didn't get into a sorority freshman year. So they're trying to rush again. They're like, all right, what did I do wrong? Mm -hmm. And they're hiring these individuals to coach them on how to basically stop being themselves.
0: (laughs) Yep. Oh yeah. Perform what the sororities want to see. Mm -hmm. rather than reducing your anxiety to be your actual self exactly and and they
1: would say like you know you want to stand out but you also want to fit in I'm like what does that mean no it was so confusing like I I was trying to follow along with the consultants were saying like if I was this 18 year old girl trying to get into sorority I'd be like all right everything you're saying is contradicting itself because you're telling me be yourself you know be confident. But also, if, you ha- if you're if you religious in any way, don't talk about that. If you have any political leanings, don't talk about that. If you like mm-hmm. any boys, don't talk about that. If you like to go to parties, don't talk about that. I'm like, those are kind of big tenets of what being Huge. a young person is about. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, okay, so be yourself, but also don't talk. They were all about small talk. having someone verbatim be like we're gonna get you really good at small talk right it's like and it literally
0: was like i mean some of the advice in terms of don't ask someone their religious practices outright in a way that sounds almost borderline accusatory yeah that's a reasonable piece of advice for anyone engaging with any other human being yeah as they're meeting someone new for sure but it was to the extent that you might get dropped if you mention religion at all and that's what's odd because it's like, okay, we can't talk about I think it was boys, booze, bucks, Biden and something else. There were five B's. But it was it was like, okay, really? What the fuck else did we talk about besides substanceless small talk? And I find
1: the the boy part also a very heteronormative, but also we learn later in the documentary. I mean, it was still very half baked and unclear, but that basically (laughs) the way that the sororities at this university are ranked to be perceived as the better ones versus the not so great ones are based on what the fraternities think about them. And so it was this weird thing where the girls are taking into account what the boys think. Like these boys that they've never met, (laughs) really, are determining what's cool and what's not. So then they're rushing to then spend thousands of dollars and four years of their life with this group of people. Mm-hmm. but they're not supposed to show that they have any interest in what those boys think, even though it mm-hmm. is completely determining their life choices. And then girls were getting kicked out for like sleeping over at
0: said fraternities. At the fraternities. It it's is like, such a messed up relationship. What? And also what's <laughs> weird about that too, is in order to get preferential treatment from someone who's oppressing you, you kind of do their bidding in a way. Mm. And it feels like that with recruitment, which is rush, for these sororities where you're a top tier sorority only apparently because the fraternity considers you one Mm -hmm. so now you're going to drop girls at the blink of an eye if they don't meet the expectations you have for them which are determined by what the fraternity thinks of you like it's it's just this very but you can't let anyone
1: overtly know or be able to claim that the reason you make any decisions are based on what these boys think when that's literally driving everything
0: which is why it would have been very interesting if the documentarian had bothered to actually dig into this tier system Mm -hmm. all we hear about the tier system is honestly i don't know i think it's the fraternities but this one's top tier this one's bottom tier this one's middle tier and being in top tier sororities gives you access to test banks and a preferential male gaze and that's about it i feel any other interested curious journalists would have been like you know what no we need to get more answers to this tier system how does it work here how does it work elsewhere Mm -hmm. why are you a top tier sorority and why does it apparently as one girl said take 20 to 30 years to change where you rank i know that was is it because a whole generation has to go like (laughs) i I don't don't understand
1: another of our i think What was driving a lot of our frustration was the fact that there were too many threads going on, some of them that were completely irrelevant, like some of the interpersonal dynamics of some girls that were like not even in sororities yet. It was like a completely different friend issue. And we spent like 20 minutes on that and then... (laughs) How the director could not help but insert herself in all these people's lives and keep putting the camera on herself and talking about her alopecia, mm. which I'm sorry that this is something you struggled with, but it, what, this, isn't, this has what nothing about. to do with what we're talking about. But I think also we don't really know what the goal of the documentary was. Is she trying to expose something negative? Is she trying to show that sororities aren't that bad? Is it, I, I don't know. But <laughs> she no starts <laughs> talking about this thing, the machine. That's like this underground Illuminati nonsense that's happening between all these like top sororities and fraternities that dun 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 control student government. I was like, what? Like, like maybe maybe they do more nefarious things than that. And Rachel just couldn't figure it out. But like they have all this ominous music about how they're hijacking student government. Right. While
0: revealing absolutely nothing. And all of the comments on the trailer on TikTok because HBO paid to promote This trailer, I sent it to you. All of the comments were saying, Oh my God, will the machine be exposed in my lifetime? I can't believe I get to live to see the day. This is crazy. Like, I really thought that we might see something... Hard hitting. Right. (laughs) And what's odd is that it's not like she was saying... This is actually so deep and so messed up that I literally can't get anybody to talk without worrying about death threats, like worrying about X, worrying about Y. Instead, she basically gives what feels like it is the answer. And it's such a confusing non-answer of they control student government. like, like okay, I, I,
1: I I cannot bring myself to believe that this, enti- this entire university gives a flying <laughs> fuck about who's in student government. Like,
0: right. Like, uh, am I missing something? Does uh, the University of Alabama student government do a lot? Like, are they influential (laughs) elsewhere? I'm confused. What's happening? And I also
1: felt like she kind of just gave up or something because Mm -hmm. this is, I I mean, I don't, I think already her relationship with the girls that she was interviewing was problematic. Extremely. Like, I don't. Yeah. And I don't think she should be trying to manipulate these vulnerable kids. But like, I find it really hard to believe that she couldn't figure out more information amongst this like huge group of people that are trying to get a limited amount of spots mm-hmm. that there's a lot of jealousy and a lot of competition and a lot of anger about not getting in whatever. And a, a bunch of like young 18 year old girls gossiping all the time. Like I, I don't believe that there are documentaries out there that are finding out about Russian spies and that this woman can't figure out
0: like what's happening at rush. Like, come on. I know. And <laughs> it's like HBO. C- come on. Yeah, like, like there's a budget for this. And everyone <laughs> and their mother cared about Bama Rush, hashtag Bama Rush, like, it had almost a billion views in 2021. And it came back in 2022 as another huge wave of videos, like, you could have found out more. And to your point about her relationship with the documentary subjects, I feel like it's problematic for a few reasons. One is these are extremely vulnerable girls who have evidently been through quite a lot. And they're Mm. very young. And you're using this documentary as an opportunity to make friends with them but also (laughs) then becoming friends with them which was already creepy Mm -hmm. I don't know if that made her feel protective of them to the point where she wouldn't ask them hard-hitting questions yeah because she ended up not wanting or not putting them in positions that could have gotten them dropped which I'm not saying she should have I'm not saying she should have done something that could have negative consequences for those girls Mm -hmm. I'm just saying she pulled back so much that we learned Absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. And also she never even asked hard-hitting questions when those girls were alone. Like she would bring up, "Um, have you guys heard of the machine when girls were in groups? And it's like, obviously they're not going to say anything when another girl is in the room because they're like looking to the other one thinking... Oh, we're not supposed to reveal that and if you if you're not, then i I guess I won't it was it was just like yeah okay, th- that's not how you conduct interviews.
1: She also was asking the girls that she bonded the least with,
0: which I found interesting. like you mean the ones she didn't swim with or go on roller coasters with? Yes,
1: yeah, so weird, so, so weird. weird. I'm like, Queen, make an age-appropriate friend like what? <laughs> but she would ask the girls who were already in the sororities while they were in groups, like you said, or these two girls who were. Rejected the first year and really mm. banking on making it in mm-hmm. the second year. And so they have more at stake. Yeah, those are people who are probably not gonna reveal it to you. And then those two girls who both were like all in on rushing again, both end up not to rush mm-hmm. at the end of the documentary. She does not circle back and ask them, okay, now that you don't have anything to worry about, what's the deal with the machine? At all. Like, why would you, like, uh, hello?
0: <laughs> Come back and ask them. <laughs> and also, like, they just should have been such less prominent storylines because I'm not sure how many people she was actually following. There were maybe five. Like, she should have been following more and then narrowing it down at the point where some of their storylines became uninteresting
1: like they were so uninteresting and i i wonder if she did follow more and then they didn't want to talk but the thing is given how the documentary was structured i feel like she would have mentioned that at some point like we tried talking and you can kind of play that up you could literally use the lack of information as like a big hard kidding point of like i reached out to 200 different girls and only five girls agreed to speak to me that already then the audience kind of starts making things up in their head and you can build up buzz and whatever like use it to your advantage don't just like Throw these random girls who didn't give you any more storylines. So then you had to talk about so-and-so said this behind your back. So now they declined to comment on their s- not being friends anymore. I'm like, this has absolutely nothing to do with the
0: fucking with rush. Anything. Like, what is happening? Nothing to do. No, she has such a boundary issue that I honestly believe if she had been following more people, we would have known about yeah. it. Like, she-, she can't keep anything to herself. Like- I know. And
1: the one girl who was super into going to this university had mood boards and binders and all this structure. (laughs) Like she was on top of it. Once she started the rush process, declined to continue with the documentary. And the way that Rachel the director mentioned that it was like we lost Shelby.
0: I swear to God we And that person literally
1: thought Shelby died. Well,
0: because also they were panning <laughs> as she said that on a slow-mo video of Shelby standing in front of I don't know Sorority Row or something. Yeah. It was like fading to black and I was like oh my God. It literally looked like a picture
1: that would be in a newspaper of like A
0: memorial. Yeah. yeah.
1: It was so weird but it was that Shelby didn't want to do it anymore and then you just see text on the screen that's like Well, according to her TikTok, she got into blah, blah, blah sorority. She's butthurt. That felt so passive aggressive. Like, since she didn't tell me, you could just say Shelby ended up being like, you know, like according to her TikTok, so she won't answer my phone calls. Right. You haven't
0: lived until you're waiting on an 18 year old girl to text you back.
1: That is a direct quote. okay? Yeah. From this adult (laughs) woman.
0: I know. It was so uncomfortable. It was so weird. And then what's also wild to me is that she stops the documentary pretty much at the beginning of Rush. We get like, what, maybe five-ish minutes on the Rush process. Maybe more. I might be exaggerating. But it's an hour and 40-minute documentary. It couldn't have been more than like 10, 12 minutes on Rush. Yeah. And she also didn't follow the girls after getting in, which was... Also crazy to me because one girl, Isabel, does get into a sorority. You see Rachel jumping up and down, hugging her on sorority row after Isabel gets in. Yeah, And then we learn nothing else. Meanwhile, Isabel had been making pretty much her entire happiness, stability, mental health on getting into a sorority. And I would have loved to follow her afterward and say, "Okay, expectations versus reality. How are you doing one month out, two months out, three months out? Mm -hmm. And I find it odd that she didn't continue following them. That's part of what's so interesting is they promise you something. They're selling you something. But is your life better? Do you actually get the sisterhood yeah. that you wanted? Because we also learned earlier in the documentary that there are crazy house rules. There are people who tattle on each other. Like, mm-hmm. I would have loved to see if Isabel felt it was all it had been cracked up to be or not. Mm-hmm. Like, would she be upset that you can't have your hair Wet When you're on the first floor, would she have been tattled on about breaking codes of conduct to the mm-hmm. standards board? Like, I, I wanted mm-hmm. to know more. and And it literally ends with Rachel swimming around in a lake. Yeah. And it ends in this very kind of happy way of like,
1: they're all exactly where they need to be. The girls that got in, got in as they should. What a wonderful thing. The girls... <laughs> <laughs> no one no one doesn't get in of the girls they follow the other two girls choose not to rush at the end and it's like mm-hmm. see it's not for everyone whatever i'm like okay so what what, what is this documentary you're trying to say? And the editing was so awful overall. Like, we, Audra and I were shrieking with the shaky cam shrieking. and the zooms into everyone's face. We were sick, like, nauseous. Literally. I was like, what is mm-hmm. I'm going to fall off your couch. Mm-hmm. Me but too. The also just the editing of, like, where everything was placed. Because we had this girl, Isabel, like Audra was saying, who was really struggling at home. I was so excited to go to college to like fresh start, have new friends, really wanted people to know her for her. And then we have the girl who ends up not rushing again, Holiday, who got dropped her first year because she wore the sticker of a different sorority. We never really understand why she did that, if it was an accident or whatever. Right. But she, she talks about how like, wow, I thought, you know, these were my... Sister, like I was getting along with everyone, suddenly, this like one small infraction, right? And I lose access to the whole thing. And that wasn't even edited in a way where you could see right after Isabel saying, This I want unconditional friendship. Next, have the scene of this, yes, like, like yes. she wasn't
0: even creating, t- she wasn't trying, Any she wasn't trying, like. Put it in stark relief. Show that you won't have unconditional friendship. Show that people are going to tat on you. Mm -hmm. Also, maybe explain to us what the fuck the sticker means so that we understand what the hell happened. Like, nothing was contextualized. Nothing was followed up on. Nothing was juxtaposed the way it so obviously could have been. And then Mm -hmm. also to your point about the ending being so confusingly happy, showing girls as if they ended up where they should and as if that's the end of the story, which it so obviously isn't. That made me so mad, mm-hmm. mostly because it completely proves how irrelevant the alopecia storyline was. <laughs> <laughs> the alopecia storyline was an insufficient allegory because she kept saying, again, I actually think hair and womanhood and the intersectionality of it all is so fascinating. That's not what this documentary is about. And it mm-hmm. wasn't the time. Mm-hmm. But I think her point in having injected that into this documentary was oh my God, I always felt like I was rushing. I felt like I was putting on a show. I felt like I was performing and trying to prove something. And I needed acceptance by conforming to these certain standards. And so I wore a wig for so long. And then finally, the burden of fitting in was so much mm-hmm. for me to handle that I, I I stopped wearing my wig and then I felt so much freer. So that's what she's saying about her alopecia. And then I, I don't know. It was just it was it was an insufficient allegory that I thought was entirely unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, it was just so infuriating. Yeah,
1: it. It was such a... It was a crossover of a lot of our episode topics because there was Greek life. Then there was a girl who had done a bunch of child pageants. Mm -hmm. And there was this adult woman having these parasocial relationships with these girls (laughs) who didn't want to talk to her.
0: (laughs) It made... It made... It made no sense. And she... She was losing the thread. She is like the therapist that trauma dumps on their patients.
1: Exactly. And there was... This isn't about you, like, babe. The most interesting clips were all TikToks that other girls <laughs> created that she just compiled
0: and threw in there. I'm like, this is not even something you film. I know. I know. <sighs> and on another note about just being genuinely a poor journalist and a poor documentarian is there was this one moment while they were filming where rumors began and everyone is making videos on TikTok about oh my god i think hbo and or netflix is making a documentary they're miking up the pnm's which means potential new members or girls who are rushing etc um they're they're miking up 20 pnm's And they're going to get audio from inside the houses and da-da-da. There was even an elderly lady who made a video on TikTok saying, (laughs) don't mess with the machine. Like, at the point that rumors are swirling, conspiracy theories are developing. The New York Times
1: is talking about this.
0: The New York Times is writing about hashtag BamaRush and all of this documentary stuff going on, like, oh, my neighbor works in hair and makeup for this agency and can confirm that the documentary is happening. I mean, people were really worried about this. They were really worried about something getting out. And the only thing she let that catalyze for her was an excuse to wear a wig again and make it more about her and more about her journey with her confidence and all this stuff. Yeah. Oh, you don't want to go to HBO and get a bigger budget. You don't want to investigate why people are so scared about this and why they're worried that their institution might fall apart and have it be Mm -hmm. the end of Greek life. As we know it, you're not going to get a bigger team more time. You're just going to say, Oh, for security reasons, I have to put my wig on now because there are rumors. And all she did with all she did with
1: this quote unquote disguise was just be there when Isabel got in to like hug her, you Which,
0: know, if like you're the girl next to the cameraman on Sorority Row. We know it's you like yeah, not-
1: the secrets out. But yeah, <laughs> I like you said, I was so surprised that when all this all these rumors were happening that it wasn't like ding 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 time to double down I know time to dig deeper or even just put a little bit more into the documentary of like if they're so worried about people being miked even if you don't get any more answers saying like having something a little more clear of like why is that the case all Rachel was doing like I feel like she extrapolated like I came here as a fan. Like, I was so into this. Like, yes. I had she was no like, I bad came here intentions. I Yeah. She's
0: like, I had bad, no bad. Like, right. she didn't look at the camera and say, shit, I think we're onto something. I know. Also, speaking of not knowing her, there is no way in hell anyone read that New York Times article and was like, da-da-da, supposed documentary HBO, da-da-da, director Rachel. <gasps> That bald girl, because no one knows you. I'm sorry. I I just don't understand why she had to wear a wig. Like, But the thing is, she could be, like,
1: even if she had a lot of notable work, I don't think that the average Alabama University freshman or, like, any freshman at any university recognizes a documentarian on the street.
0: Right. I think you have to be, like, like, a
1: very big fan (laughs) of of specific documentaries to
0: recognize. I think the only like, directors uh, I know what they look like is like Greta Gerwig and Martin Scorsese. And those are like the biggest of the big. They're not even in the documentary realm. Yeah. Also, HBO can do more security than a wig. Like, relax. <laughs> I know. I was like, what is this budget? I know. It's just... It was so... Especially oof. given and, how much the advertising seemed to be... Oh, hinging. I mean, it was the max rebrand. This was one of the pieces of content dropping with the max rebrand. Like, I felt... With the way they were pushing the trailer, this was supposed to be creme de la creme. And it just wasn't... It wasn't it. And I'm shocked at how many people this must have been okayed by. Like, editing-wise and production-wise, I- I'm just shocked. <laughs> I
1: just looked up Bama Rush and I get a New York Times article that's called It Wasn't a Documentary About Bama Rush Whatsoever. Oh, my
0: good God. I mean, could not be more true. Oh,
1: there's a student quoted in this article who is popular on TikTok, I guess, that said nothing they talked about wasn't already known or something you couldn't Google yourself. It wasn't a Mm -hmm. documentary about Bama Rush whatsoever. It was a documentary Mm -hmm. about a couple of girls and their life. A lot of people were hoping that this would uncover things so change could happen, Mm -hmm. adding that she wished that Bama Rush had more deeply explored themes like racism, homophobia, fatphobia, and hazing. And apparently there were a lot of people criticizing on TikTok saying Rachel shouldn't have inserted herself and that. Her defense was, in order for me to express the empathy that I had for what these young women were up against, I needed to stand shoulder to shoulder with them and say, you know what? Me too. This is what I did to belong. No, no.
0: you give them an empathetic edit, Rachel. You don't jump in like, I'm sorry, show, don't tell. It's not about you. Oh my God. Like The way to be empathetic is to reveal enough about their lives And show what a hard position they're being put in. Mm -hmm. And make the viewer feel for them and identify with them. It's not to jump in and literally say, I relate to these girls. Like, okay, heavy-handed much? Yeah. They also, two of the girls, or three of the girls,
1: mentioned in different moments sexual assault, getting roofied. And it's, like, dropped, and then we move on to another scene. And I'm like, what? But if you include it, and one of the girls, Holiday, was like, oh... We were roofied last night at this party that was clearly a lot of frats and sororities and whatever. They took one of the girls to the hospital. She had drugs in her system. And all that Rachel said was, do you think something's going to happen? And the girl was like, well, only if I report it, which I don't want to do because I don't want to deal with another court case. <laughs> and I was like, what? Another? And Rachel's like, has this happened before? And she's like, oh, yeah, I've been
0: roofied like three times. And then that's like the last we hear of it. Cut to a new scene, new person. And I was like, what? She also didn't get the security camera footage apparently showing a guy dropping a pill in their drinks. Like, I don't understand why nothing was followed up on. Like, why didn't you try? I don't understand. Like, it was so weird. It was so weird. It was just not investigative journalism. It just wasn't. Yeah,
1: because it was very unclear what she was really trying to do. It sounded like she just hung out with a bunch of kids for a while and just filmed whatever. Like, the documentary. Yeah, she's yeah, it totally reads like a a year in my life kind of vlog because it's all so chaotic and it looks unedited. Like it looks like, yeah. like she just had all this footage and hasn't gone through to clip what's relevant yet.
0: She put it in slow-mo with ominous scoring, yeah, but she didn't cut it down.
1: I know. And I was saying while we were watching it that there was like no consistent aesthetic because there was like sit down moments with people where she's way too zoomed in. And then they're like these artsy shots. So, you know, she was sitting there curating for hours where it's just one of the girls walking barefoot in the woods. I'm like, what, where are these woods? Like what?
0: I know. Where are we now? (laughs) And the zoom was like, really not okay. Like I was so nauseous and I just shouldn't know. Like, I know what every single girl's bottom teeth look like. (laughs) I haven't memorized. Like I shouldn't know that much. Like, zoom out it was
1: just a bummer i didn't really learn anything i no,
0: i learned a lot more from you and like that's fine because you're brilliant but this wasn't this wasn't like an independent you know this was hbo
1: i know that's 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 the thing because i was gonna say too like if for some reason whatever was happening behind the scenes that you don't get enough info about the machine to do a full documentary about that then don't include it like the fact that Mm -hmm. she was jumping around then only make a documentary about these grown women who go into a consultancy to specifically help girls get into sororities Mm -hmm. like that could have been a really interesting documentary like just following those women and like what does their business look like and yeah how do they go about getting clients and how from the outside how do they know how girls are getting in like stuff like that how much does it cost like who's is it common does everybody do this do only some girls do it like That could have been a whole documentary on its own. And those women seemed totally fine being in front of the camera. So you could have followed them around. But doing little tidbits of everything without finishing any thread and then ending it, just being happy swimming in a lake with a kid. I'm like...
0: With you. With you in the foreground. Like, that is so (laughs) bizarre. I know. You, the director, you're the last person we see. You're swimming in the foreground with one of these girls. Yeah. Like, that is so weird. I really think that... Netflix, like, needs to get on this now. You have time. Rush is starting in August. Like, get it together. Go back and do this right. Because this was the biggest flop. Mm -hmm. I'm so... I just... There's so much more to learn about. Like, I want to learn so much more about the consultants. Girls paying consultants. You shouldn't need a consultant to make friends. And speaking of the consultants, both of the consultants we meet, Trisha and Sloan, were dropped by their favorite sororities the first time they rushed like that's fascinating let's Mm -hmm. dig into that Mm -hmm. do you have a complex where now you have to like prove your own self-worth to yourself by getting other girls into their top sororities like what's going on there and also trisha made the only mixed girl that we follow michaela blonder and like whiter than she was yeah
1: like straighten her hair and get like a wavy curl and trying on these right. outfits that she clearly was so uncomfortable in and I was I'm glad that michaela ultimately decided not to rush because we could tell from the beginning, like like you're saying you want to do this. You really nothing about your body language seems like you want to be involved with this. And she was like doing her, her video. From the script. Yeah, <laughs> she was doing this video to show her interest. And the consultant was like, "You need to smile during the whole video." Mm-mm. And Michaela, first of all, doesn't
0: smile. But like no, if, you know, you know what? That's the one girl's bottom teeth I don't have memorized. Yeah.
1: But she was really struggling to sound enthusiastic. When they were doing the photo shoot, the woman would be like, smile. And she'd smile. And then, like, you'd hear a click. And her face would drop, like, mm-hmm. after the photo. I'm like, <laughs> Michaela like, doesn't want to be here. She
0: doesn't. I, I, and when she was reading the script, she is sitting. Okay, so the camera is positioned basically where you would put a webcam. It was a tripod for... The phone, and she's sitting with it above her computer screen, reading from a script. So first of all, you can see her eye movement, just Mm -hmm. straight up reading. She's not, it doesn't look off the cuff. But what she's reading is, authenticity is my top core value. Mm -hmm. Is it? Because you're mm. reading that from a script that someone else wrote for you. Yeah, with hair that's been colored by mm-hmm. <laughs> the recommendation of somebody else. It gets straighter and blonder throughout the documentary. And just why Why were none of those like interesting tidbits with the consultants and the looks you need to have to get in, like being super fucking white and thin investigated it's just
1: i know because they like some of the girls touch on eating disorders but again it's like two minutes and then we stop talking about that they she interviews this this girl from a different sorority who is mixed as well and was more outright speaking about weird racial insensitivities that she was experiencing in the group mm-hmm. and how she didn't really know how to grapple with she didn't feel black enough for the black sororities and didn't feel white enough for the white sororities and didn't feel like she knew enough black history to really Mm -hmm. fuck with those other girls because they wouldn't accept her or whatever. Like, so you just get this little moment and then again we've moved on now we're talking about alopecia again and i'm like can can we stay on
0: this track right on any track right i'll watch the documentary about alopecia when it comes out but this (laughs) isn't that and this this isn't what you pitched to hbo you pitched a documentary about bama rush do not recommend yeah like dnf i (laughs) i'm just honestly bummed because The trailer knew what the fuck I was doing and I am no stranger to clickbait, but this was like the the margin between the expectations they set and the reality of the documentary is crazy.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe if you absolutely know nothing, then maybe you'll learn a little something. But I feel like the average person that's going to watch this Mm -hmm. has some working knowledge of Greek life and has specifically heard about Bama Rush. And so this doesn't feel like the quintessential documentary that really explains to the lay person what Greek life is.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I don't really know who it's for. The people who don't know anything probably aren't going to come across this one, and the people who do know about it know more than what's in the documentary anyway. I literally <laughs>
0: was gonna say I kept pausing it to give you more details based on my experience because those nuggets of things that I thought were interesting weren't being explained. Even with recruitment voting, like how they vote on the girls that they've seen, could have been gone into way more detail because. If you're a, quote, PNM, like I mentioned earlier, a potential new member, you may be during your time at one house, talk to three or four girls. But at the end of the night, all 200 girls in that sorority have to vote on whether or not you're going to make it to the next round. How are those 200 girls, you might ask, going to know if they want to vote for you to make it if they haven't met you? Mm -hmm. Well, they're going to base it on the opinions of the three girls who have talked to you. And let's say they hate those three girls that have talked to you, but those girls liked you. Well, they hate you by extension and you're not making it. Like, it's just we could have talked to the girls who were on the other side of Rush. We could have done so much. I'm just
1: shocked. Yeah, it's sucky. It currently has a 9% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. (gasps) (laughs)
0: Stop. Okay, so we're recording this. Well, at the time of recording, it came out one day ago. But does it say how many people rated it? It says 100 plus. Oh, that's bad. I kind of want to go on and rate it like. Also the same.
1: <laughs> the first comment is one star clickbait. The director should be fired. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. Honestly, like, and I'm worried because of just how internet pylons work that people like we talked about in the parasocial relationships episode are going to go storm down the doors of this director and comment nasty things on her social media or try and email her hate comment, whatever. Yeah. Obviously, no, don't go do that. that. Listen, we're, we're discussing this because we're interested in Greek life. We're interested in parasocial relationships. We're interested in media and storytelling and journalism in general and you can critique
1: people's work without it being bigger (laughs) than that like if if you put out a documentary or any piece of media you're doing it for public consumption or you're putting it out for public consumption people can have an opinion about it i don't think that i don't know this woman i don't hate her i don't know her i don't like what she made and i think it's poorly done and i think it's yeah doesn't convey any real information. I think her relationship with the subjects of the documentary is reckless and inappropriate and in how she inserted herself. And that's just my opinion of the work. 100%. I don't think this woman deserves to be skewered. I just don't think that... It's also, you took two hours of my time. Give it back. Because you <laughs> sold me a different story.
0: No, I, I 100% agree. I just... With the number of people on TikTok who so zealously consume all of the hashtag BamaRush videos, and with apparently the retaliative nature of the machine and people's loyalties to it, I'm just not sure what to expect from the public reception as it's been out for a little bit longer and more people see it. So obviously, if you've listened to anything Ellie and I have ever said, we do not condone commenting nasty things about people on their personal accounts. But yes, we're critiquing this because it was Capital B, bad. Like, really bad. And that's all, really. And that's the tea. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. Well, we have another documentary coming out in the next month that I want to watch with you. And I can only hope... That it is better than this one. Shiny happy people on Prime Video. Yeah. I'm hoping for better. Vamos saber yeah, we can cross our fingers and toes. And if not, honestly, Netflix, Hulu, call us, hire us. We're available. For real. We'll <laughs> do it, okay? You and
1: I with like a camcorder <laughs> in the
0: bushes. No no. Ellie, me, you and my iPhone can do better. I'm telling you. Culture Calendar is produced by Elisa Nolasco and Audra Fitzgerald. Show art by Angela Cho and music by Santiago Hervella.
1: Research for each episode is conducted independently and is for entertainment purposes only. Information shared in the show reflects the best we know at this moment in time, and there is always more to learn.